Please turn your Bible to 1 John chapter 3. We're going to continue in verse 2 today. We looked at God's wisdom and compassion last week. And uh, I just want to jump straight into what we want to discuss this week because it's a little bit exciting. And uh, I want to spend as much time as I can in this. Let me begin by reading 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. He says, Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You know, I think it's really interesting the way the Apostle John says, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. It's, it really, to me, when I read that, it sounds like something's hidden. And I just believe that, you know, there is something that has been hidden from the devil and that has been kept hidden for, for a, a time such as this, I believe. I believe we're in the last days. I know they thought it 50 years ago, but, you know, I, <laughs> I guess we won't make a big effort if we don't think it's now. You know, if the last days are going to be 600 years from now, why, you know, <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. And, <laughs> and, I mean, there have been so many prophecies where Jesus is saying, get ready, I'm coming now. It's not I'm coming in five years from now, I'm coming right now, amen? And so there is this, this expectancy that he's going to be here in a minute. And each one of us in our generation, I believe that it, it actually depends, because we're living in a grace. See, in the Old Testament, everything was solid. There was a very definite timeline. When we hit the New Testament, everything is a little bit mushy everywhere. It's kind of like a gray thing. It kind of moves. And, you know, I was thinking about that. I was praying about that. I was asking the Lord. I said, how come it's, it's so not clear, if I can put it that way? And he said, because you're in a grace age. This is an age of grace. And he said, there was a stipulation about when I come back. He says, I was, I was, I'm coming back for when my enemies are made my footstools. There was no such thing in the Old Testament because there was no children in the Old Testament. They were all slaves. Are you all with me? That's why, you know, the Apostle Paul talked about we're not, no longer slaves but sons because there is a difference. And do you know what? One of the most incredible things about being a son of God, and that's the ladies too, okay, because the son lives in you. One of the things about being sons of God is we get a say in when he comes back. So as much as there's somebody jumping up and down and saying, Come, Lord, now. You know, all them little posters and the, some, <laughs> some ministries just have that. Come, Lord, now. You know, and we're thinking, why? You wouldn't have been able to do half the things you did if you did. But, <laughs> but the thing is, as much as there are those crying out, there are others saying, hang on, don't come yet. We haven't finished what we need to do. Amen. And you know what? <laughs> God's listening to his children. I, I think the come now ones aren't really in faith. It's more of a desperation you know, so we don't have to go to council or whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. But those that, that have been given a job to do and those that believe that they're accomplishing something for God, they're saying, hang on, God, we haven't finished yet. It's like Joshua and Caleb, you know, it's when they got their victory. You know, he said, you know what? Give me that mountain. I'm going to go take that mountain next. It's like, dude, you're like over 80 years old. Settle down. Find a retirement home. Don't go looking for another mountain to conquer. But that's how people are. In God, you never quit. Amen? And that's really what, <laughs> that's what I want to talk to you about today a little bit. Is that okay? What is there still to be revealed? So let's go to Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> this is all going off and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. 
And I believe that one of the things is brought out here in Romans chapter 8. We've seen these verses, but I want to look at it from a slightly different point. He says in verse 17, and if children, then heirs. So we're talking about God's children. Amen? All right, so he says, if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We've talked about this in length. But I want you to notice where this begins. We are his children, and by extension now, we are heirs of God. Okay, now follow this. And then he says, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Oh, that is a powerful statement. It, not ha it has not yet been revealed. Are you getting this? And he's saying, listen, if we're going to suffer, and can, can we all just get, without having uh, statements of faith right now, okay? Not what, not what you believe you receive, but you all know it's a bit of a suffering down here, don't you? You know, I mean, there, there's things, the enemy attacks us from every side. And suffering isn't sickness and disease. Suffering is persecution. Suffering is people doing the wrong thing because they can. You know what I'm saying? And make your life miserable. So there is a certain level of suffering going on down here. Amen. Okay? But I want you to realize, as much as we want to tell God, just zap them. Send down the thing from heaven and just take them out. You did that in the Old Testament? I want some Old Testament justice here. <laughs> oh, come on. You didn't think of it. Don't. Okay. All right, okay. I'm the only one that thinks like that. Anyway. So, <laughs> you know. We need to be careful that, you know, we're not looking for that. We, amen? You know, as much as we want, it, we need to sort of back off a little bit from that Old Testament kind of justice because, you know, we have the right to call down stuff, but we need to be careful because remember Jesus said to the, the sons of thunder? Remember when they didn't accept him in the village? And they said, God, call down fire and just kill them all. And he said, no, 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 we're here to save him, not kill him. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 18, he said, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. There is something tremendous being brought in, in this verse. As much as we suffer, as much as we go through things down here, as much as people want to be horrible to us, there is a glory coming that won't even compare to that suffering. And we need to know that. We need to know as much as God doesn't rain down fire and burn them all up. There's a reason. Okay. That's why it says love is patient. Love is kind. You know, love is long suffering. You know those words at the beginning? And you think, why put them there? We don't, you know. Okay. The reason is, and you know, I always wonder what that patience and long suffering was for. Because, you know, when he talks about love in Corinthians, it's actually talking about long suffering. It's actually, it's not about patience like you're waiting on something, that kind of patience. It's not that. It's when people are annoying you, like really annoying you, and you have to be patient with them. Hence, long suffering. Not just short suffering, long suffering. You all know what I'm trying to say? It's a long-term thing with some people. You all know what I'm talking about, right? Amen? And, you know, it's, it's that kind of, why? Because there's a glory coming. And God is saying that as much as you allow that and you pray for those people and you hold them up before God. Amen. Pray for your enemies. Okay, don't curse them. Okay, pray for them. All right, okay. As you pray for them, something goes on on the inside of you. See, God is not a debtor to any person. He is giving them every opportunity to repent. I thank God that he does. As much as it annoys me some days, I think I wouldn't be here today if he did that with me. I, I, if I was him, I'd have snuffed me out a long time ago. 
Boy, I was very bad. I set the house on fire almost, you know. I mean, I was a very bad person, okay? <laughs> and, and it was just God's long suffering that allowed me to get to this place. So I know what, you know, what's possible for people. I mean, no matter how much we want to cross them off, it's still possible. All things are possible, okay? And the reason that we, we hold back is because we need to understand that there is a glory coming that will bless us. That's the reward that we're waiting on. Are you all here? And that's the thing that is to be revealed. It won't be revealed if we don't walk in this kind of love. This is not a message on love, but I need you to understand that that's why it says that love never fails. That God is love. And it says that God is also life. Isn't it interesting that God is love and attached to that is also God is light? Now I'm going somewhere with this. In walking in love, you begin to walk in light. And the glory is revealed. Amen? You say, yeah, brother, that's all spiritual. Nobody sees it. Okay, let's go to Exodus. Very quickly, Exodus 34 and verse 29. It says, now it was so, are we there? Exodus 34, 29. Now it was so when Moses came down from Mount Sinai that the two tablets of the Testament were in Moses' hand when he came down from the mountain. That Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. Don't talk to me about internal glory. This guy's Old Testament. Slave is shining. Amen. Let's keep reading. Another verse is good. Verse 30. So when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. I guess there was a little sin there as well. They, you know, they're thinking, oh, that dude has been with God. I wonder what God will tell him about me. I, don't put it past it, man. You know, a lot of times, that's the reason why people are afraid sometimes to come to people that they know are truly of God because they are a little worried what God's going to tell. And did you know that they did? And what? No. God doesn't tell on you. Okay, just relax. All right, it's a word of wisdom, word of knowledge. And those that receive it generally know to shut up. Otherwise, they won't receive it anymore. Okay? God tests you a little bit. And if you mess up, he won't tell you anymore. I've seen that happen, okay? So don't be afraid. But, you know, I just reckon it would have been a little shocking to see somebody come down that's just glowing like this. You know, have you been around uranium? You know, <laughs> No, no, it's not that kind of glow, brother. Okay, it's God. Hallelujah. All right, okay. Uh, one more verse in verse 35. Exodus 34 and verse 35. It says, and whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone. That Moses would put on a veil, uh, put the veil on his face again until he went to speak with God. Okay, with him means God. It's very interesting that he had to stick a veil over it. It was so bright, they couldn't look at him directly. Had to stick a veil over him so they could just talk to him. If that or, you know, sunnies hadn't been invented yet. I got my Ray-Bans, Moses, don't worry about it. No. <laughs> okay? I, I want you to get something here. Old Testament, this is happening. 2 Corinthians 3.18, let's go there now. Notice he says here, the Apostle Paul is writing, but we all with unveiled face. Do you think he's making a reference back to Moses? Interesting, wait, wait now. Beholding as in the mirror, the glory of the Lord. Do you see that it's making reference to glory? That same thing that Moses was shining out with. 
let me say to, let me tell you this family something is coming the apostle john knew it he wrote it down it is i believe this is the age it's coming in see we were meant to progress and you know learn more and more about the word of god to such a point where we not only should we be you know in a position where nobody can kill us which is what the apostle john got to thank god of all the 12 at least one got there we should learn from that it's sad when people go learn how to go die as a martyr because of all the other ones. I want to find out about the guy that lived and moved from there. Isn't that what the world even does? They don't go about all the failed experiments. They go to the one that succeeded and then build upon it. And I believe that, you know, I believe that we should have been building upon this to the place where we're not only unkillable, we're actually starting to show what's actually inside of us on the outside. Amen. They turn the lights off and it's still bright. Hello. Can you tell who's the Christian? And who's the submarine? No. <laughs> you know, that, that talks about submarine Christians. You know, they come out on Sunday. Doot, doot, doot. And they, you know, they're in the service. And then right after the service, they sink down and they're gone again. You know, they don't surface again until next Sunday. You know, and they go, oh, it's Sunday. Let's go back up. Let's let everybody know. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're Christian. We're Christian. And during the week, dear God, you wouldn't know. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> let's get back to this. <laughs> it says again, 2 Corinthians 3.18, he says, but we all. Do you, do you see the phrase, we all? This isn't for some, you know, special few. This is one of the things that a lot of the commentators, you know, they sort of say, oh, no, those are just for the select few. There's, there, it's we all. This is not Southern. Y'all come over to okay? It's not that kind of we all. This is literally we all. Every Christian is meant to be walking in this. He says, we all with unreal face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory or ever increasing glory. I like that. Glory to glory is actually saying that the glory within us should be increasing on a daily basis. Amen? And it says, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, it's the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, that works within us to bring this out. That's why the Apostle Paul says those that are led by the, the Spirit of God, those are the children of God. Amen? Because in that leading, we are being led from glory to glory. From strength to strength. From faith to faith. Amen. Hallelujah. And I just think it is, it is key the way the Apostle Paul puts that little section in there and says with unveiled face. Just when he talked about Moses having to throw a veil over his face. That's one of the things I believe that's happening. And you know, as we had uh, progressed toward the end, dark is going to get darker and light is going to get brighter. Hallelujah. Can we be that? Amen. By faith. Amen. Okay. All right. Returning to 1 John 3, 2. In his commentary, William McDonald writes this. Here in life, the process of becoming like Christ is ongoing as we behold him by faith in the word of God. But then the, the process will be absolutely complete when we see him as he is for to see him is to be like him. In other words, what he's bringing out here is that as we continue to glow, go, glow, 
We, 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 we do. Okay, as we continue to go from glory to glory, there's never going to come a time when we're going to reach a full glory. That's going to happen when we see him. Which tells us something as bright as we get, by the way. It's still not like him. Amen. Because we're going to have a look at uh, what Revelation tells us about the way he shines. And it uses a little phrase. And let me tell you what it says. Okay, In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 16... He said, he had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. You all know what that means? You know, to a scientist-ish person, okay, <laughs> when I look at that, I, I understand that's very hot. That is very bright. That is, you can't look at it directly. It will burn your eyeballs out. Amen. Natural ones. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So as bright as we get down here, and I, I really am I'm, I'm pulling for that, okay, that we start to go to that place. Because that's where I believe, family, something is going to happen. Where the power of God is going to start flowing out of us and incredible things are going to start happening. That's where I believe you, you know, you probably just walk off. Remember Isaac in a year of famine? Remember what happened? hundredfold. I mean, he, he grew stuff and, you know, the Philistines were saying, get away from us. You're upsetting us and embarrassing us. Okay, because around your property, everything is growing. Right outside your fence, things are dying, even the weeds, which is good, but, you know, okay, but uh, just get what's happening here. So, he, you know, the, if that can happen, what do you think will happen as we start walking in that glory? And if you go to somewhere where nothing has ever grown before, what do you think will start happening? I just believe that glory is life. That life will come to that place. Everywhere your foot treads. Sound like a verse of scripture to you? Everywhere that your foot treads, it will start growing things. And they'll want you around because things grow when you're there. Things go better when you're there. People tend to have quote, good luck when you're there. Amen? Do you know why? That's that glory and that presence that you take with you that becomes visible and they start to feel it. Hallelujah. Are you getting this now? Are you beginning to understand the power behind what the Apostle John said, why they couldn't kill him? Do you get this now? Amen? Okay. Uh, I jumped, didn't I? Let me, <laughs> let me jump back here. In order to properly understand what the Apostle John and the Apostle Paul are talking about, we need to see Jesus Christ not as the suffering person on the cross. We need to see him as a risen Savior. Amen? I think that's one of the biggest problems. You know, a lot of times, one of the criticisms that, I, that I've heard about Christianity is say, oh, you serve that the carpenter that's hanging on the cross. That's how they see him defeated. And even though, I mean, some people say, well, that's where he defeated hell and everything. No, 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 man, stop preaching that stuff. Because that's just crazy. Any person with a normal brain, okay, is going to look at that and say, I don't think that's a good thing. Especially when he cries out, my God, my God, why has that forsaken me? That doesn't sound like he won anything. In your twisted, you know, theology maybe, but not in mine. I like to go to Colossians chapter 2. I think it's verse 15. 
when, when, when he talks about what happened after all of that, after the three days, when a voice comes down, and as Hebrews brings out, from heaven, and I like the way, you know, was it Carmen, one of them singers? You know, he says, and God starts counting backwards. Ten, nine, eight. And the devil's going, what, what? Why is he counting backwards? You know, what's going on here? And Jesus, light goes into hell like it never has been there before. And he raises up. He was the first one to get out of there. Those gates were locked. Nobody got in, nobody got out without the devil's permission. And Colossians says, he made a show of him. I mean, he beat the dickens out of him openly. Humiliated him. Amen. That's the Savior we serve. Not some little dead dude on the cross. Amen. If you want to wear a cross, wear one that's empty. Okay, nobody's there anymore. Right? You know why? That's the price that was paid, but he is no longer there. He is now in heaven, seated at the right hand. In, in fact, Stephen. We were going to check Stephen out. Let's go check and see what Stephen has to say. Acts chapter 7. Let's go there quickly. <clears throat> this is just about, just before Stephen was going to be stoned for his faith. Remember, he starts preaching, man. I think he should have held back a little bit. But you know, he told all the Jews off. Told them, you murdered your Messiah. You're fools. That's not how to win friends and influence people. Oh, yes, you don't do stuff like that, okay? So they get very angry. And they stop their ears and they rush towards him. Remember all that? They start stoning him. But, verse 56. <laughs> doesn't doesn't quit this guy even when he's dying he's preaching he says look <laughs> i see the heavens open <clears throat> and the son of man standing in the place of honor at god's right hand that's how we see him that's who we serve that's where we're headed for in fact can i say this i've said this before that's where you are right now in the spirit we are seated together with him in heavenly places. And I said to you before, if you're not seated there now, you're never going to get there. Amen. This isn't something that, you know, you do good and let's see if you get to heaven. Family, <laughs> if you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, you're already in heaven. What you're doing is going home. You're going back to where you are and have been ever since you got born again. That's what the Apostle John says now. We are children of God. It happened that the moment that you received Jesus Christ as Lord, at that moment you were translated. Isn't that incredible? That's why people react to that in different ways, man. I mean, to some people, they've taught, they changed to such a degree, you can't tell that that's the same person anymore. Do you know why? They've gone from hell to heaven, some of them. Amen? Amen. Okay. Now... <laughs> In fact, even before Jesus went to the cross, remember he revealed his glory to us in Matthew chapter 17, and it's really key who was there. Re remember again in Matthew 17, I want to quickly read this because you know these verses. Verses 1 and 2, it says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother. Okay, this is the person that's writing this. All right, led them up onto a high mountain by themselves. And what happened? Verse 2, Matthew 17, 2, he was transfigured before them. So it's really interesting that the Apostle John got a glimpse of what was coming. You're with me. It says he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. He saw it. And I believe a transformation took place on the inside at that moment. 
something would have happened. Oh, you, can't not, you can't see that and nothing happened to you. Can I get amen on that one? Okay, I mean, you see a dude just suddenly going bright like that. Something's up. Remember he said, remember Pete? Woo, let's stay up here and build little, you know, tabernacles. And Jesus said, no, no, man, we're not meant to live up here on the mountain. We need to go down to the people. They need us. Yeah, but we like it up here. <laughs> they're, they're a nuisance. <laughs> okay. Hello, don't tell me you haven't thought of that. All right, so... <laughs> So, again, the Apostle John was one of the disciples that witnessed his transformation with his own eyes. And I believe that's even at least partly the reason why he says again, it has not yet been revealed. See, Jesus kept that hidden. He didn't walk around, you know, shining like that all over the place. Get this now. He revealed it to them. Do you know what that tells me? I think we're going to have a choice about where we shine and where we don't. I think we're going to get to the place where we're going to be able to put that under wraps. And then something else takes on a whole new meaning. When Jesus stay, says, don't hide your light under a bushel. You know, under, you know and, and, and you're, you are the light of the world. You are like a city that is set on a hill. You shine as much as you need to, depending on where you are. Wouldn't it be incredible? Can I give you just a pretend thing? Wouldn't it be incredible you walked into some den of hell, Satan, okay? Some place where they're worshiping the devil and they're very happy about it. And you go in there and you turn your light on. And we're not talking about let my little light shine. I mean the floodlights, come on. The, you know, the, sh the sun shining in its strength kind of light. I mean it goes... Poof. What do you think everything is? They're all going to scurry. Because you, you've just dispelled all their darkness. And the devil can't live in that. Listen to me. He can't exist in that light. Amen. And just by you being there. I mean, that's already happened. I know people have sort of said, you know, can you go away? You're messing up my tarot cards and my, you know, whatever I'm trying to do here. That's been a testimony from so many people. Okay. Can you imagine if this light begins to shine the way the Apostle John is talking about? The way Jesus shone on the Mount of Transfiguration. Wow. Do you think, I'm just, you know, can I throw something out at you really quickly? What do you think if we did, if we turned that light on in a hospital, in a children's ward? I don't know. Can we find out one day? Amen. Wouldn't it be nice to go in there and they all walk off? I mean, all healed and well. Amen. Just like that, that woman that said, if I can just grab a hold of his garment, I'll be healed. He doesn't have to lay hands on me. He doesn't have to pray for me. I just need to grab a hold of him. Hallelujah. Things to work towards and why I'm preaching these messages. Okay. All right. These are, these are not just glory ball messages. Okay. This is so that you start moving towards something, family, that is significant that is real, and that will have an effect like we haven't imagined. Amen? All right. So, <clears throat> praise God. Um, it's time, isn't it? Can I just read Revelation as we conclude today and get a picture of Jesus Christ? People talk about revelation of this and revelation of that. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 1 tells us what's a revelation of. 
All right, it says the revelation of Jesus Christ. There, there it is. So let's, let's move on from there. <laughs> so let's have a look at what it talks about in verse 9. I'm going to read from verses 9 through 16. I know you've already uh, heard verse 16, but here it is in its entirety. He says, I, John, your brother and companion in, in the tribulation, I mean, Revelation 1-9, and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island that is called Patmos for preaching the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. So, you know, they all got mad with him. They thought, you know what, we need to, we can't kill him because they tried to kill him. Didn't work. So they said, we'll isolate him. What does God do with isolation? He takes you to heaven and gives you a whole nother book. <laughs> and he says, you know what? This is really good. This works for me. Let's finish the Bible. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> and so anyway, uh, verse 10, he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. Verse 11 saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Now we know this is Jesus Christ. It's going to say one like this, uh, the Son of God, but we know it is the Son of God because of these statements. Are you all with me? All right. So he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in the book and send it to the seven churches that are in Asia. And it names all the churches. I won't go there. Verse 12. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. Verse 13. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man. I'm not going to teach you on all this, okay? Because we don't have time. <laughs> clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. <clears throat> this is a very honorable thing, all right? Verse 14, his head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. Verse 15, his feet were like fine brass. Are you getting a picture of Jesus now? Okay, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Have you been to Niagara Falls? You can't talk when you're next to it. It is so loud. There's many waters. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay. <laughs> All right. Verse 16. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp, two-edged sword. What did it say about the word of God? Remember this? Yeah? And taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Just as much as it comes out of his mouth, it should be coming out of our mouth in the same way. That's why he defeated the devil every single time with it is written. And when the devil says, yeah, but it's written here. He goes, yeah, but it's also written. <laughs> okay. That was a bigger sword. Amen. <laughs> it's like Crocodile Dundee, you know. You know, when they're getting held up and the guy whoops out a knife and goes, oh, quick, give him money. That's a knife. He goes, no, that's not a knife. It's also written. That's a knife. <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay. Amen. You need to know the also written. You know, when the devil whips out his, you just go, yeah, mine's bigger. Anyway, so <laughs> let's conclude, shall we? <laughs> Amen. And notice it goes to say, out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. That's what has not yet been revealed. That's where you're headed for. As the son of God, as a child of God, there is a glory yet to come. But remember from 2 Corinthians, we know that at right now we are going from glory to glory. And we need to be making that progress in our life. Amen? How do we do that? Well, we spend time in the word. We spend time in prayer. We spend time with God. However that is.
because that's what happened to Moses. The more time he spent with God, the more he started looking like him. Can I say it that way? Amen? Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Father, for all the wisdom, the revelation, and the insight that we received. And we thank you, Father, for that word that sets us free. Lord, you said that you shall know the truth, and the truth, the truth that you know, will set you free. And I thank you, Father, that the glory within us, as we get to know this truth, that we will not fall in the category of those people that are destroyed for lack of knowledge, but we know we will know the truth, and that truth will free the glory that is within us. So that it begin to, begins to shine out around us. And that we begin to walk in a realm of the supernatural like has never been seen before. And we just give you all the glory and the praise for this. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen.